And uh, we want you to do a couple of things for us, if you would. And that one is take your program or look at the clipboard in front of you. There's a place for you to fill out a little bit of information. We'd love for you to fill out as much as you're comfortable with. You can tear your program in half and put that part in the box or just take the card that's on the clipboard and put that in the box just so we have a record of you being here. But most important, we'd love for you to have one of these welcome bags that are hanging right back here on the bookshelf. Take one of those. It has a little information about Common Ground and has a little gift inside. Just our way of saying thank you for spending time with us here today, worshiping. So we're glad you're here. And like I said, today's going to be a little different. And so I want to explain that to you now. Everyone's like, woo. Um, today is one of our prayer experiences. So here at um, Common Ground, we want to do everything we can to make sure that prayer remains an important part of who we are, what we're doing, because we know this, this quote from John Franklin kind of sets the stage for the day, that the greatest workings of God come by corporate prayer. We will not see the power of God in sufficient measure to transform the world around us until we pray together. God in his sovereignty has determined that something happens when we pray together that transcends praying separately. When you look back in the history of all the great movements of God, they can all be traced back to a prayer meeting to a place where some people were getting on their knees and pouring their hearts out to God for their community, for their families, for the area that they lived. And so we have tried our best as a church to keep that as a regular pattern. So twice a year during the outpost group uh, semesters, we do a prayer time on Sunday morning. And then twice a year in the breaks between outpost group semesters, we do it on a Sunday night um, and have... So we have four times a year this kind of special service. So we're really glad that you're here. And if you're nervous, it's okay. We're not going to make you do anything. So I want you to just relax. We're not going to make you do anything. But we do invite you to participate in whatever level that God leads you to participate. Um, no one's going to be put on the spot or anything like that. But it is going to be different. There's not going to be a sermon. We're still going to sing some songs but I'm going to lead you through um, some different aspects of prayer. Psalm 34, 15 also sets the stage for our day, and that is that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, God has set it up so that he desires for us to pray, to connect with him in this way. He makes it possible for us to know him, um, in this way, in a personal way. So if this isn't a normal part of your life, that's okay. Today may be a, a, a little bit of a stretch, uh, a stretching exercise for you, and that's great. That's part of how we grow. So my encouragement to you is enter in at whatever level you feel comfortable and let God be in charge of this time for you today. All right? Is that a deal? Everybody sufficiently nervous? Good. All right. Also, one other thing is that um, Derek's not here today. And that's because he's in Minden at our other location. So if you didn't know, we, had another, we have another location in Minden. And um, he wanted to be sure and be there because today is their very first ever prayer experience. And so as we go through this today, something we've done here in Carson six or seven times, um, just kind of maybe say a prayer for them from time to time because they'll be doing it for the very first time ever down there today. All right, so let's stand and sing again. Our holy God and behold his splendor. When we think about who he is, this adoration that we've just done together, singing and, and speaking scripture together, we're naturally faced with the fact that we're not worthy. 
The more we know about God and who he is, the more it points out the fact of who we are and how we just don't measure up. But the incredible thing is that God made a way for us to measure up. He made a way for us to be forgiven. And when we have Jesus as our Savior, he looks at us, he doesn't see us anymore. He sees the purity and the righteousness of his Son. And so in these moments of confession, what we're doing is we're acknowledging to God that we don't measure up, and it again leads us to thankfulness because he made a way for us to be forgiven and to be right and to be in relationship with him. And so that's why confession is so important. We desire to see God move in a powerful way, saving souls, growing us, growing them, but revival always starts with prayer and confession. It starts with us realizing who we really are and the incredible miracle we have of knowing God and being forgiven through Jesus Christ. And so Proverbs 28:13 says, "Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy." And again in Psalm 66, the writer says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So this sin in our life can, can break fellowship that we have with God. It can be a barrier in our uh, fellowship with him. We still have the relationship with him as his sons and daughters. But kind of like maybe when you have a little friction in your family or with your kids, that's like a break in fellowship. And you, they're still your kids, they're still your family but sometimes it can be strained. Sin can do the same thing in our fellowship with God, even though we still have that relationship secure with him. And so we want to give you an opportunity today. The only way to move forward through that is through repentance. Repentance is recognizing what's wrong in your life, recognizing where we don't measure up, and saying, God, I confess this to you, turning and going a different way. It's not just being sad that you got caught. It's not just feeling guilty because I'm up here talking about it, but it's actually a turning and a going in a different direction. And so we want to give you an opportunity today to have a confession and repentance, to have that opportunity. Because in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. It's a promise we have from God. If we take the opportunity, he does the work to purify us, and to forgive us. So I'd like to invite you to bow your head and just close your eyes. And really, the way I've heard it described that's always helped me is if you draw a circle around yourself and the only thing in that circle is you and God. This is a time for you to personally deal with what God says to you, with what God wants in your heart, in your life. I'm going to read a few things. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list by any stretch but a few things that you might connect with that might be things going on in your life. If you don't, that's okay. But if you do, I'd invite you to acknowledge that by looking up and making eye contact with me because I'd love to pray for you. Uh, not because I'm going to remember this and go write it down and, and come ask you about it later, okay? Many of you, I don't even know your name, so that's not even possible. But I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge that as a spiritual practice and then to be prayed over and to know that God does work when we acknowledge sin in our life. And he will forgive 
and he will help you move forward from that. He's the only one that has the power. So, again, if your eyes are open and you're looking at me, that means I'm assuming you're connecting with the thing that I'm reading. So go ahead and close your eyes so we can all start in that same place. The first statement is, the only day that I really meet with God is Sunday. If that connects with you, if that's something that's been true in your life, just look up at me and acknowledge that before God today. The only day I connect with God is on Sunday. Thank you. Next one, in the morning, I go to news or Facebook or YouTube or something else before I go to Jesus. That the first thing you want to do when you wake up is, is look at something else or think about something else instead of going to God to start your day. Thank you, I see you. Just acknowledge that before God today. Thank you. I'm more concerned with how others view me than how God views me. This one can really infiltrate our lives in a big way. It can really have a big impact. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that today. I tend to be selfish with my time, talents, or treasure. If you would connect with that today, look up. Just acknowledge that before God. You tend to be selfish with your time, talent, or treasure. I have an ongoing sin in my life that I just can't seem to overcome. If that's you today, just acknowledge that by looking at me. Finally, last statement, I have bitterness or resentment or an unforgiving attitude toward another person. God talks about how destructive that can be in our life, and yet we, it's our human nature to hold on to those things, isn't it? But we're to forgive in the same way that he's forgiven us. So we need to acknowledge that before him today. Well, I want to pray for you. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the difficulty but the privilege of confession. God, I know there's so many other things we could have mentioned, and I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you're bringing those things to people's hearts and minds. God, that inside that circle with just us and you, that we allow you to be the potter working the clay into the shape that you want it to be, that we allow you to mold us and to convict us and show us places where we aren't quite what you want us to be yet. And we know that's an ongoing process, God. It's a never-ending process, that as soon as we think we've got something figured out, something else shows up. And so, God, help us not to be ashamed of that, but to have the courage to acknowledge it and confess it and move forward from it. To know that everybody in this room is in the exact same situation. Different circumstances, but the same situation of needing to confess, of needing to repent, of needing your power and your work in our life. God, you came, you sent your son Jesus to die for all sin. And so, God, I thank you for the privilege again 
of confession. Thank you for those that looked up and acknowledged before you, not before me, but before you, things that are going on in their life. And I pray, God, that they would understand there's no victory possible in their own strength. There's no victory possible by trying harder or by being better. The only victory comes when we allow your power and your presence to take over, to take control, to be the thing that we long for, that abiding in you, that connection with you. So God, I pray that today as we move forward, if that connection isn't right, if it's maybe even not there to begin with, that that would be something that you lead people to to deal with and to take care of and to make decisions about to move forward toward you. God, you don't look at how many times we are knocked down. You look at whether or not we got up the last time. And so, God, I pray that this day today might be a a marker in someone's life where they can say, you know, I was knocked down, but on Sunday, February 24th, I got up and I allowed God to work in my life in a special way. And I've never been the same. God, let that be true in someone's heart today. We love you and we we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we often do, we're going to take communion together today. And again, it's a reminder that Jesus is the one that made possible our forgiveness. That his work on the cross, his death on the cross, his broken body, his spilled blood makes possible our forgiveness from sin, our relationship with God. And so over these next few moments, we invite you to prepare